Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who. Craig Malasa and Josh Jacno, they're talking. Welcome to We're Talking tonight with Craig Malasa and Jay Walker. Josh Jagno was on vacation again. Oh, good for him. I mean, supposedly... The hell, what the hell is this? He's driving back for the beach, supposedly, but, you oh, know, hey, well, if I had as much he, vacation as time as him... He's kind of a son of a beach, so that's, yes. that's okay. So, where do we start? I mean, we've had lots of exciting... I mean, did you get to see the South Alabama game against... Uh, against Miami? Miami, yes. I did. You know, it, it, it really is a shame when you look at it from a Sunbelt Conference viewpoint. South Alabama lost their first game to Miami by the score of one to nothing. Had they won that game, they might be sitting in the driver's seat right now with somebody having to beat them twice. Now, the good news for them, although, my gosh, South Florida has played so well down the stretch, is they're not playing the number one seed Florida because they knocked them out. They're not playing the number two seed Miami because they knocked them out. They're playing the number four seed South Florida. Got to beat them twice. We'll, you know, we'll see if they have enough pitching to do that, but... You know, I'm 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 sitting there and, and and you know I'm looking at a team with a 247 team batting average, but it all boils down to something that we have talked about. What do you do with two outs? South Alabama is as good with two outs as any team that I know of, and today against Miami, I think all but one of their runs were scored with two outs. I think six of their seven runs were scored with two outs yesterday. With two outs in the six, they scored ten runs. A little bit controversial if you're a uh, Florida fan. But if you're a Sunbelt fan and like baseball, I, I, I still don't know. I was hoping to get JT Crab, Crabtree on to talk, and I still may do that, to find out if they ever got an explanation on why the third base umpire called timeout during that, that pitch that would have resulted in an out and the next player getting out. But it didn't happen, so, hey, good for them. Well, you know, what what you know what happened was you had a, a player, a, a pitcher, running down to the bullpen, and the bullpens, of course, were out in fair, you know, over the left field wall. So he was in fair territory. So he was in fair territory, so the umpire called time right about the time that the pitch was thrown because the player had gone onto the field of play, and um, I did not know that. So, so, so there you were. That that's why the timeout was called, and so, you know, play went back in after the player went out there, and you know that out turned out to be the beginning of a huge rally for for South Alabama. Was it uh, Florida's or South Alabama's pitcher? No, it was a South Alabama pitcher. Okay, interesting there. Uh, Work to their benefit. We'll have to remember that in the future if, if we get in a position where we need need to throw off the pitcher's timing. Probably will never happen again, but hey, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm a big fan of the bullpens recessed in the outfield wall. You know, they've got that at Florida. Of course, they got that at Coastal yeah. Carolina as well. Uh, they had it at Western Kentucky when Western – I'm just a big fan of those. I like it too. It reminds me more of a major league ballpark. Absolutely. And uh, anytime you can remind yourself – uh, of a major league ballpark, I think that's a good thing for your fans and for your uh, for your teams. Give them a, a feeling of that. Um, but hey, uh, the one thing it would take away from the team is a lot of the signage that we have around. I did like Florida's 
Florida's fence being open to where the fans could sit out there in their uh, Adirondack chairs and, and watch the game, which was kind of interesting, too. It's a great ballpark. Yep. Now, I, I, it, with all of that being said, though, I'd rather the coastal version of it to where you could have your padded wall and your fans are up top. So uh, Yeah, I was okay with that. I enjoyed sitting out there in center field watching uh, baseball. I'm not going to lie. You got a good nap in. I'm not going to lie at all. And, and you know what? It was good for me. So... Uh, so we just came from a, uh, a little gathering of uh, some of our friends leaving, uh, Patrick Crawford and, and Tim, uh, I'm going to probably pronounce his name wrong because I pronounce that Weeman. No, you got it right. I got it right for once. Uh, I always called him Tim, uh, Tim W. I, 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 I should be better with a name like Melanson. I should be better. But uh, unfortunately, two of our guys are leaving, uh, uh, Tim to the uh, Minnesota Vikings and Patrick to uh, the Purdue Boilermakers. So uh, we'll... How, how much do you think they'll be missed? No, I mean, they'll be missed, no question about it. I think that, you know, Patrick came in, and what I think he did for the Cajuns more than anything else was the digital presence. He was, a, he was brilliant when it came to the digital part of social media. And they were able to do some things that very few, very few, um, programs in the country can do and and that's where Patrick was absolutely brilliant you know Tim came in as a young guy still still learning the business a little bit and just worked his tail off uh, to to do what needed to be done for Raging Cajun baseball the last two years I really wish he would have gotten a full season a year ago um, and, I, and I'm sorry that he's leaving because I think he was just coming into his own but he'll do a great job with the Vikings because he's, he's a young guy that he grinds and he works his tail off and he'll be good. I mean, for both of you and I, I think Tim being a baseball guy was huge in, in that. And with me working with the Diamond Club and doing the Diamond Club for Coach Steggs and before that Coach Rope, uh, it was nice to have a baseball guy there. And Tim spent some time with the Cubs minor league team. And I don't know if it was in Des Moines or not, but I want to say it was Des Moines Cubs. I could be wrong. I know it was a minor league team for uh, for uh, for the Cubs. So uh, sad to see Tim go. Uh, very happy for him. A uh, job with the Minnesota Vikings and any NFL team when there's only is there 32 now? Is there 36? I don't even know how 30, many. 32, I think, is right. Okay, 32 NFL teams. So to get a job with them is an amazing for a young man. And I, I, his skills are only going to get better. And I, I believe he's got a bright future. So they're very excited. Uh, sorry to see Patrick go as well. Uh, Patrick, I think, has is, is brought us forward uh, in a lot of ways with the, uh, the communications part of, uh, of the Cajuns. And I, I thought, very exciting time. I mean, we now we're getting our Sunday night emails that says this is what's going on this week. All of those things going on and, and their presence on Twitter. We've grown significantly. Very, uh, very sad to see Patrick go, but at the same time, very happy for him as well. It's there's only so many. Uh, I don't know. Are they Big Ten, Big Twelve? What are they? I'm not Big they're Ten. In, they're in the Big Ten. Big Ten. I'm sorry. I I knew it was the Big Ten. I mean, I know where uh, I know where uh, Purdue is spending some time in Indiana for ten cold years, very cold years, miserable years at times. But the summers are great. Golf courses are great. So, but. Sad to see our buddies go, and had a great evening with them. So, uh, Patrick and Tim, if you're listening, we'll give you a little shout-out here, and uh, we'll try to tag you in a Twitter tweet, too. I hope you don't mind. 
but we just wanted to say thank you for all you've done for the university and uh, it's not easy coming into South Louisiana uh, with a different culture a different type of uh, program here in many ways uh, but what you guys have done and what you guys have succeeded in doing to lift both programs up I just want to say thank you publicly to all of you and uh, it was great seeing you all this tonight we're going to take our first break right here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk some Cajun baseball, how the season's ending, and then we'll go from there and see what we want to talk about next. You're listening to We're Talking with Craig Melanson and Jay Walker. Welcome back to We're Talking tonight with Craig Melanson and Jay Walker. You know, it's always sad, and I don't know if it's because it's baseball season comes to an end, or at the athletic season comes to an end for Cajun sports, but I always feel... That first couple of days when it's done, I'm drained. Um, I won't say depressed in the sense, you know, suicidal or anything like that. But, you know, it all, and I don't think I realized this until in 2014, I was listening to you on the radio. And we weren't, uh, we weren't good friends back then, but I was listening to you on the radio. And you said at, the, at, at Monday night, your show was on. I think the game started at 7. You did your show and you said... You know, today, somebody's season is going to come to an abrupt stop. 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 Okay, that might be the bourbon. Uh, stop. And I was going like, you know, I never thought of it that way, but that's what exactly happens for everybody's team. You know, unless you win the national championship, your season ends with a loss. And I remember um, after the loss to, to Georgia Southern uh, in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, I ran into B.J. Ryan the next morning. And he looked at me and said, this is a shitty way to end it. And I said, let me tell you something, BJ. I've had 29 shitty endings to my baseball season. Because, you know, even the year that we went to Omaha, you know, we lost to Stanford that day. And, and at the end of the day, it was, it was not good. And so unless you win the national championship, it's a shitty ending. It just is. And but I did I did tell him this. I said, BJ, I'll tell you this. I think this is the last time we're not going to play in June, because your 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 goal every year is to play in June, and the Cajuns fell short of that goal this year. Um, I I believe they're going to have a great chance to correct that a year from now, but when the season ends, it sucks, and. And I don't care if it's in your conference tournament or in a regional or in a super regional, where it is, when your season end, it really ends, it really sucks. And so that's kind of the way it was last week, but it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when it ends. I've, I've been around every ending you can think of, and it really, really hurts at the end. Does it hurt more because you're not moving on from basketball to baseball or football to basketball? I mean, sometimes you, you as a broadcaster, don't have that time to think about it. You're on to the next sport. And now you've got two and a half, three months before we start that next sport. Do you think it hurts more because of that? Uh, no, I think it hurts more because of the fact that of all the sports that I cover, I love baseball the most. Uh, if it wasn't that way, I, I might feel a little bit differently. I think the fact that your athletic season comes to an end, yeah, that probably has a little bit to do with it. But it, but it's more about how much I love the game of baseball. Well, I will tell you, I think the same thing with me right now. But at the same time, 
I remember the 2017-18 basketball season that the Cajuns were so good. And I remember that I was helping you break down, or you were interviewing Murph, and Danny and Colin from Georgia Southern were coming to set up. And came gave me a hug, and I mean, I was I was crying. I was I mean that hurt a lot that year too. Well, I the the seventeen eighteen season when the Cajuns were upset in the semifinals by UTA. Yeah, you know there was a hangover there for a little while. Um, Any time that you're good, and you fall short of what you were hoping to do. Um, but at the same time, Craig, if the Cajuns had beaten UTA gone to the finals, won that, gone to the NCAA tournament, and lost their first game, I don't think I'd have felt any differently. No, I agree with you there, too. I mean, because I really thought that team could beat somebody in the NCAA tournament. But but it, but even if they had, yeah. when, when, if they'd have lost in yeah. the second round, I still would have felt that way. It was like, oh, crap. You know, it is. it has come to an Something special has come to an end. Um. Going back to the fact that in the spring, once you get to the end of baseball season, you're dormant for three months. That means that every season ends terribly, uh, unless you're ho- hoisting something in Omaha. But um, you don't like to see. Look, I will never say if you don't make a regional, it's a failure, because I don't think that the average fan understands how hard that is. And I think we got we got spoiled a little bit with some of the success that we've had. It is difficult when your season ends and you don't go to postseason play. And I know that it's eating at Matt Deggs right now. Oh. It used to eat at Tony Robichaux every year. But that that's not everybody thinks that's easy. It's not easy. And you know, folks were talking about this year, well, you have to win the tournament. Okay, well, the Cajuns have been in the Sun Belt now for 29 years. They won four tournaments. Three of them came in succession yeah. in 2014, 15, and 16. And I think, oh, well, hell, win the tournament. We just did that three years in a row. It is so hard to do, and so many things have to go your way. And the same thing is whether you're making a regional as a conference tournament champion or as an at-large team. So many things have to go your way. It is so hard to do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, you know, I was sitting with you and, and Top uh, at breakfast on uh, Sunday morning, and I and Coach Deggs came up and told us thank you and everything. And I'm like, and you could tell the hurt in his eye. Sure. And I and I I know it was there with Coach Roba's show, but I never got to see that. I guess the next morning, uh, but you could tell. He, he was hurt, and he it's going to be a long time for him to get over it, and he probably never will because he thinks that team was good, and I agree with him. Well, the, the he said something after the last game against Georgia Southern that I totally and completely agree with. He said this game was a microcosm of our season. If you look at all of the games the Cajuns could have won had they gotten a clutch two-out hit, if that had happened and they'd have won their share, we wouldn't have been talking about having to win the conference tournament. We'd have been talking about being an at-large team. Um, that that team probably had a, a probably would have won 40 games this year because they won 32. 
Um, I, I think he quoted me a statistic that I've quoted since then that said, you know, if you're going to play 57, 58 games, you ought to have maybe 120 two-out RBI. The Cajuns had 84 this year. That's not very many. Georgia Southern going into the um, into the game against the Cajuns, I think, had 108. We have seen what South Alabama can do with two out hits. They did it all season long. I, I want to say they have about 16 of them in their last two games. But but even if you go back during the season when they were hitting 240 as a team, look at how many runs they scored with two outs. But you know what that means to me? It means they got a bunch of alpha males on that team. Yeah. It means they got a bunch of guys who held each other accountable, who said, we're going to do this because this is who we are. I don't think the Cajuns had enough of those guys this year. And I think that's something that has to be addressed in recruiting and hopefully has been addressed in recruiting. But you've got you to gotta have some guys come in with the attitude that losing is just not acceptable. South Alabama had that attitude. It's why they won the conference regular season. It's why they won the conference tournament. And it's why they're still playing. You gotta have some guys with a little bit. Pardon me, with a little bit of f you. And I think they had a bunch of those guys this year, and that's why, despite the fact they struggled to score runs at times, they scored runs at the right times. So I know we talked about this before, and we probably talked about it off air. But I want to ask you again, or not necessarily. I'll ask you a different question with the kind of the same thing in mind. Uh, do you think South Alabama showing, though, says something about Sunbelt baseball, or you still feel like it was mediocre? Well, I, I think that there, were, there was a lot of parity in the league this year. Um, I don't think this was a great league this year. But I do think that there, there, there was some talent in this league. I think where, where, the, where this league fell short, and, and I'm not going to call specific teams out, although the Cajuns at times could be lumped into yeah. this group, you got to do better in the middle of the week. You know, if you're going to go out and you're going to play Texas and Texas A&M and you're going to play TCU and you're going to play Arkansas and you're going to play LSU and you're going to play um, Alabama and you're going to play Auburn and you're going to play North Carolina uh, and South Carolina and Georgia and Georgia Tech, you got to go win your share of those games. It's not enough just to go out and play them. And I thought there were teams in this league that came very close this year and played a lot of those teams tough, but the league didn't win enough of them. As a matter of fact, they fell woefully short when it came to beating teams like that. That's got to change because you still got to you still got to um, schedule those teams, but you got to win your share. And the league did not win their share this year. Oh, I totally agree agree with you there. And I and I, I don't want to I don't want to call it mediocre. I think we were a little as a league. I thought we were may, maybe uh, I'd like to say maybe we're a little bit stronger than what we had thought of a couple weeks ago. But at the same time, South Alabama is playing really good baseball that I don't think we saw them play all year to this extent. Is uh, you know. I think we saw them have those two out hits. Well, there was there was a, South Alabama was a team that this year struggled on the road. 
You know, they, they, they went to, to Little Rock and got swept. They went out uh, to Texas and, and got swept. And they were very good at home. Yeah. But they weren't very good away from home. But we are seeing them play well away from home during this. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Craig Malonso and Jay Walker, we're talking. Welcome back to Work Talking. For those keeping track at home, we did have a couple beers uh, out seeing Patrick and Tim. Uh, some summer shanty. Now we're back at the old homestead recording and having a little larceny again. Had some other things out. Larceny, big... is, larceny is a bourbon. We're, it's not like we're like stealing anything. <laughs> yes. We did have some bakers, some early times. Uh, Eagle Rare McKenna, 10-year-old. Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare Rye. But stuck with the larceny, we had a little bit left in the bottle and decided to hit that up. You have an Eagle Rare Rye? Do you really? No, did I say Eagle Rare Rye? You I, did. I know. I do that all the time. Uh, uh, wild Turkey Rare Breed Rye, in which if you don't have never had it, I encourage you to. It's a little bit stronger. It's a barrel proof. So if you need an ice cube, get a large ice cube and try it out. But if you're not a bourbon drinker and you happen to be in the store and see some Rare Breed, and you say, hey, Craig recommended that. Buy me a bottle, and I will gladly pay you for it, okay? so Nice. I, I enjoy it. It's very hard to find at this point. I was able to pick up uh, four bottles when it first came out, and I was able to get another bottle this week that has been on hold for me at Joey's. And if you haven't been to Joey's, which we had lunch with Tim there this week. We did. Which is excellent food, and I'm sure... Uh, when we contact Patrick about lunch this week, I'm going to encourage him to go to Joey's as well. You know, well. It, it was interesting because when we got to Joey's, I saw a 14-year-old Calumet, which I had bought in Pensacola Yes. Uh, when it was time for the basketball tournament. And my Sunbelt Broadcasting brethren and I went through that bottle the, the first night. In fact, the night before you got there. Thank gosh. And... Um, not only did, did he have a 14-year-old, he also had a 15-year-old, which I was very intrigued by. We sat down and had lunch, and by the time we got back up, the 15-year-old had been sold. In which I have still not tried the 15-year-old. And if you're in a generous mood and you want to buy Craig or Jay a bottle of Calumet 15-year-old, it's really not that bad at about 124 129 a bottle. We'd be more than happy, and we tell you what we'll even we'll we'll we'll, we'll like give you props. Yes, I mean on a podcast, we will continue to sponsor you on the podcast for about three or four episodes, maybe longer. It all depends, but hey, uh, we're gonna uh, here not tonight because uh, some of us have to work in the morning. Um, not me. Craig is one of them, but not really that I have to go far. It's about twelve steps from my bed to my computer. But uh, we're not going to worry about that right now. But here in the near future, I'm thinking in about three weeks, once I get the ACs in the garage here and we can sit down and, and actually, which is not too bad tonight. We had the dehumidifier going. It's not, not very humid in here. No, it's nice in here. So, But once we have the AC in here, we're actually going to do a podcast on bourbon, uh, not only with Jay, but also uh, with my friends at the Louisiana Bourbon Society, which I belong to. Uh, that... Joey's been a nice sponsor of that for the last two and a half, three years that we've been drinking over at Joey's on Wednesday night. So look forward to that. And uh, we've probably spoken enough about bourbon and probably turned a couple people off and 
maybe turned a couple of people on. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's very possible we turn people on. That's uh, some Barry Weiss. How you? How you doing, baby? Where you know? How we, you doing? We got it together, baby. We got it together. All right, that's enough. We're doing our very for for two old white guys trying to do a deep uh, Barry White voice is not very appealing to anybody that knows Barry White. All right, let's get back to what we're talking. So, uh, in, in general, let's just uh, quick talk about the uh, uh, NCAA softball. Some exciting games going on uh, with softball. JMU, uh, James Madison, very exciting team. May have plateaued though because of. Uh, lack of pitching, but at the same time, very exciting to see their run. What have you been able to watch much softball at uh, all? I, I, yeah, I've watched a little bit. You know, I watched JMU beat Oklahoma that first day, and um, I, in fact, the first day of the tournament, which was Thursday, I watched all or part of all four games. Um, been a little bit busy over the weekend with some, you know, family stuff, so I haven't seen quite as much. You know, look. You'll never see me root against Alabama in softball unless they're playing the Cajuns because Patrick Murphy, the head coach there, got his start at USL as an assistant sports information director. And then Yvette Girard knew that Patrick was coaching baseball in the summer in Iowa and said, you know what, I could use some help. Now he's the the head coach at Alabama, and he's already won a national championship. Uh, Allison Habits, we all know what a great player she was, an All-American uh, here. And uh, she's in, I think, her 18th season as, as an assistant coach there. Because I know both of them personally, you're never going to see me root against those two. So, I'm you know, roll tide. I'm, I, I hope they win the national championship that they are certainly the team that I'm rooting for. I was a little surprised UCLA UCLA got knocked out when they did. You know, uh, there I, was so much talk about when the when the um, when the pairings came out. Kelly Inouye Perez, the softball coach at UCLA, they were the number 2 national seed and she was very critical of the process. Um, and they at number two, Arizona at number 11, you know, got into the Super Regionals and, and, and were both dispatched, um, you know, fairly early. And, or I'm sorry, got dispatched before the Super Regionals. And, you know, you can say that they weren't treated fairly, but they had a chance to prove themselves and they didn't get it done. And that's, you, you know, UCLA and Arizona. It looks like Mike Candrea is retiring okay. as the uh, as the head coach at Arizona. What a great ambassador he has been for the uh, for college softball. And USA softball, for that matter. Absolutely. And, and you know, Yvette always talked so highly of him. And, um, you know, Mike Candrea... Cajuns defeated their actually split two games in the 93 World Series and they also came to to Lafayette in a, in a regional I think yes. and the Cajuns dispatched them then but there's but there's been a relationship between Mike Candrea and Cajun softball for a very very long time um, he's been great and and we wish him nothing but the best no I think both of them I, I I'm one of those guys that you know more recent history, I think, shows that the SEC has been dominated, and for that matter, Oklahoma and those and those big uh, twelve teams as well. But at the same time, I'm one that thinks that when when 
California baseball or West Coast baseball and softball are doing well, it's good for the sport because I love the way they play, especially baseball. I do too. Yeah, I'm with you. It's you know, and I think a team like UCLA. Let's forget about their past history, but I think when that when you can bring that and bring all that, and quite honestly, and I'm okay with the home run, I guess when you need it, but at the same time. I like in baseball, I like the small ball, I like dominant pitching, I like three to two games, two to one games, things like that. I, I, I will say, I, I read something a little while ago, and I don't remember the figure, but you're talking about the NCAA regionals. There were in excess of 200 home runs hit in the NCAA regionals, and it's the most since like 1991, um, back when they had, you know, gorilla, they had ball. gorilla ball. Yeah, and, um, and there are probably more home runs to be hit. Well, I think this is year five, I want to say, of them lowering the seams on the baseball, which was supposed to uh, have less drag effect. And But the whole idea of it was to get more home runs in the game, and especially when you got to Omaha, because the fences were put further back, but they didn't realize that they had reconfigured yeah, the, the same. The wind, the, the, the the wind, wind kills in. you. Yeah. The wind kills you. And, so, and therefore, yeah. But again, we don't need any 17-3 to three games, which I think was... One of the scores of the Cajuns' losses when they were in Omaha. Um, nineteen to nine. Okay, was the the last game against Stanford. Okay, and the Cajuns actually, I think, had a six to nothing lead in that game. I believe you're right. And Omaha. but nineteen to nine was the the final, and their other loss was six to four. Um, their wins were were five to three, and uh, five to four, I think. Yeah, but yeah, nineteen to nine in that last game. That's just amazing to me, I mean, with, with the difference and, and all of that. But I like the fact that they lowered the ball. Um, and, you know, and Coach Steggs talked about it this year. And, I, and I've said it before, no one wanted to listen to me because the whole idea of calling someone a southpaw is, was the orientation of the baseball stadium. And their left hand came from the south. And that's why they were called a southpaw. Nowadays, Baseball stadiums are not built to a specific geographic dimension, or not only dimensions, but uh, angle. So, But one of the um, South Alabama mascots, the it's Jaguars, called is called Southpaw. Yes. And the other one is Miss Paula. Mm. Did not know about Miss Paula. That is, you know. They had, they had a guy mascot and a girl mascot. Yes. South I've got Paw, pictures with both of them. Southpaw and Miss Paula. I got pictures with both of them when we were there for baseball uh, a couple years ago. I think I have now uh, pictures with every mascot in the league, and that's been my thing even before I came back to Louisiana. Did you get Did you get a picture of Big Red when when? No, I did not. You know that's that is the to me is the. It's the mascot because look, when you go into stores in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and in the toy section they've got big red dolls and big red this and big red that, that's when you know you've arrived as a mascot. And I used to jokingly refer to Big Red as a blood clot. Yes. And and there were even a couple of times, you know, we were playing Western Kentucky and Big Red would come over and shake hands and 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 I and Big Red was, look, wasn't very tall, so it was almost always a girl that was in yep. there. And and they'd come over and shake hands, and I would say, "How does it feel to be a blood clot?" 
and uh, and, and You're so and, mean. Well, and, and and of course the the theatrics when I said that, but I loved Big Red. I still think it's one of the great college mascots ever. Well, I. Oh my God, you're so mean, but but that is so awesome too at the same time. <laughs> and, oh my goodness, but the uh, no, I did not get uh, a Western Kentucky, uh, and you know, and I got the last ones, and, and at at the Sun Belt Conference tournament in 2018, 17, 18 season of of, of baseball of basketball, I. I Got my last ones with with uh, that caught me up with uh, the Maverick and 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 all that and and we had funs we had fun with calling uh, Josh Sowers the voice of the Blaze, which is the mascot's name for the Mavericks is Blaze. Did did you uh, ever get a a picture with the Middle Tennessee mascot? I did not. Okay, those are those are the two. Okay, Big Red and Lightning is the uh, the the Middle Tennessee, and it was. Lightning was, I don't know. We we called them the fly. We called it the flying jackass. Okay, because it it, it was. Um, what is their mascot though? No, the the Blue Raiders. Oh, that's but, right. But it but it it was like a horse or whatever, yeah. and, and it had a lightning bolt coming out of its head. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we called it the flying jackass. Um, but but the the name of the mascot was Lightning. So. Lightning and Big Red were were just outstanding. They were outstanding mascots. It, it's probably a good thing that they're gone from the league. And uh, I tell you, I, I do want to talk more mascots, but we're going to take another quick break here because I'm looking at Jay's glass and I'm looking at my glass, and we're having a good time here tonight. So, and that's what it's all about. This is the only reason we're doing this, you know. I don't because we have an excuse to drink. Yes, I don't have any any. Uh, what do you call it? Notion that I'm a journalist by any means or a radio uh, voice of any radio, but I'm having a good time. That's the only reason we do this. And I will stop doing this once I stop having a good time. So, so take the break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the end of the athletic season in the Sunbelt Conference. And you're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malas on Jay Walker with Josh Jagno on vacation more than any man we know. Welcome back to Worth Talking. Craig Malasson, Jay Walker. Uh, so we just finished a bottle of Larceny, which those that don't know, Larceny is a bourbon, a weeded bourbon by Heaven Hill. And is a very uh, bourbon. If, you're look, if you like uh, things like Maker's Mark, you're going to like Larceny. Uh, both bourbons are weeded bourbons. I do suggest them, though, uh, without ice or without water. Very smooth, very soft with the weed in them. And uh, to me, if you put ice in it or water, especially water, it just becomes dirty water to me. Uh, the flavor is not there. We are on a Baker's bourbon now, which is uh, by Jim Bean, who's owned by some Japanese company. But it's a Kentucky straight bourbon. And a few years back, actually within the last 18 months, Baker's went to a, a single barrel. So if you're a, a fan of the single barrel and you're fun, a fan of the high rise, high rise rye as in rye not rise uh bourbon r-y-e-s yes you will like baker's so if you're a fan of uh a blanton's i think you'll like baker's a lot it's very similar in stature as far as uh mash bill and everything 
and we'll get into mash bill and what makes a bourbon a bourbon and a and a Booker's a Booker's and a okay, candlestick so, maker. Okay, so you weren't mispronouncing Nashville just now. Did I say Nashville? No, you said Mashville, and so no, I said Mash Bill. Whatever, but it sounded like a mispronunciation of Nashville. Well, that I said I, I was trying to say Mash Bill. Okay, Mash Bill. Okay, M A S H B I L L. Okay, got it. Which I think is correct, also. But now you've got me questioning myself because you, well, you know. I haven't been to Nashville in a lot while. The last time I was in Nashville, though, I did get to see the Nashville Sound play, which I don't remember uh, who they're a minor league baseball team for, but it was fun. And the amazing part about that was the beer lines. We kept, you know, through the game, we kept realizing that the beer lines were 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 not very long. I mean, like nobody was in the beer lines. We're like, people don't drink around here. So in about the sixth or seventh inning, they say. Uh, we want to thank all the churches that came out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville Baptist Church, nice. uh, Southwest, and so me and my 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 friend that I was there with, we, there was we were the only two heathens. No, not the only two, but very few that were drinking. And they had a nice crowd. That's what surprised and, and me. And the and the good news is you didn't have to wait in line. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is. Uh, I just had a sip of the Baker's here. Normally, I like to open a bottle. And uh, take the neck out of it, set it in a glass, and then uh, let the let the bottle stay open for an hour. Then uh, put the cork back in there and wait a uh, uh, about a month to drink it again. It changes the flavor, but I think this is very delicious. I'm no, this right. is good. This so, is good. All right. Uh, so moving on, you wanted to talk about the end of the sports season. Yeah, and I know we've had a you, great year. You know, you you don't realize until it's over with, but there's an all sports trophy in the Sunbelt Conference. It's called the Bubis Cup, and it's named after after Vic Bubis, who was the first commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference. The league came into existence in 1976. And this year, the Cajuns finished second in the Bubis Cup to South Alabama. South Alabama, I think, is the 13th time that they've won it. Um, and that's the highest finish ever for the Cajun Athletic Department. And then you break it down, you say, okay, okay how did this happen? Well, volleyball had a, a very good season this year. Great year. So did soccer. Great. Uh, they got to the, the quarterfinals again of the... Uh, Which uh, is the actually conference. their first, I believe, their first conference uh, tournament game they've ever won to get there. They, they did that. And football, of course, was the co-champion in the Sunbelt Conference. Men's despite despite what Coastal Carolina wants to say, we were the co-champion. You were not sole champion, so um, cock-a-doodle-doo. You know, men's basketball went to the semifinals of the conference tournament. Women's basketball was the regular season champion of the, um, of the Sun Belt. And Cajun baseball, the Western Division champion. Softball won the regular season and the conference tournament. But I think what really pushed the Cajuns up this year was their performance in men's and women's track and field. I was going to bring that up. Outstanding, outstanding year in there. They've got some of them out in uh, Oregon now. Yes. Are about to compete. They, um, they, didn't, they, they, they didn't have a great cross-country season, but their men's and women's indoor track and men's and women's outdoor track both had good years this year, and that helped to propel the Cajuns into that second spot. But, but you know, you also won. Let, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. You won a championship in football, 
You want a championship in women's basketball. You want a championship division in baseball. And you want a championship in softball. And so when you look at it from an aggregate standpoint, this was a good year for Raging Cajun Athletics. And for them to finish second in the All-Sports Trophy, first time that they've ever done that well, I, I, I think that's a credit to the administration, to the coaches, and to the student-athletes um, in a very difficult year because of COVID and everything else. For them to do that well, they, they deserve tons of kudos. And so we're going to stop here to give them some kudos. I agree uh, with everything you said. And I think it's, uh, you know, what Dr. Maggard has done, bringing in coaches to excel every program within the Cajuns. And also for the student-athletes to do what they did this year without – having a social life from what we can tell because very few of them if any of them t tested positive for COVID. when you when you look at at what happened and i can't speak for all sports because there are some minor sports that i right. didn't pay enough attention to cajuns lost one football game and that was the one against central arkansas because they they had too many that tested positive for COVID. men's basketball didn't lose any games because of COVID. Women's basketball didn't lose any games because of COVID. They had some other teams that did. Right. Baseball lost no games because of COVID. Softball, to my knowledge, lost no games because of COVID. And what that, that means a couple of things. First of all, the testing protocol was very good and you have to give um, a lot of credit to the, uh, to the trainers you know, to, to Travis Swallow and his staff and um, and also, uh, you know, B.J. Duplantis and Brian Davis and, and all of their assistants for doing a great job with the testing protocol. But you've got to give most of the credit to the student-athletes because the social part of college life is a big deal. Yes. And a lot of these student-athletes were asked and answered the call to give up that part of their college experience to make sure that they took care of their business to where they were able to go and participate after the testing protocol. So kudos to all of them because it's, you know, Craig, you know, which, which party did you major in mm. when you were in college? You know, the wild party that there you go. And, and, and there are, uh, that's I just what college life's about. These student-athletes gave up an awful lot to represent this university and these athletic programs. Yes. You know, I, I joke somewhat about uh, my freshman year being the, the best three years of my life, but the truth be known, I'm still probably the only one in a, a USL uh, yearbook that's there for three years as a freshman. Now, I'm telling more than I need to know about myself, but at the same time, I was never in a yearbook as a junior. I went from a sophomore to a senior in uh and graduated. I do have a degree from USL, the University of Louisiana now, and uh, very happy and proud of that. The the again the student athletes here just did just did a terrific job, and you know good for them. And 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 if you look at the aggregate GPAs of oh. these of these individual sports, and no, it, it it was amazing. I I love the fact and. I've said this many times that my most emotional day as a broadcaster is graduation day at Cajun Field because it's the only time I get to see student athletes graduate. 
I still believe that that's the reason you go to school. And, right. and I may be old school in that regard, but I do believe that that's the reason why. And when you see the graduation rate of the student athletes at this university, that makes me awfully proud to, to be a very small part of what this university does. Well, you know, I know Coach Doe uh, is very proud of that. And uh, all the guys over at Cajun Baseball uh, with, with Coach show now Coach Staggs, and, and they believe in that. So uh, it, it's easy for me to help raise money for them and to do my part in helping them out to, uh, to for the year. So very exciting time for Cajun sports. Hopefully Jay will come back, and we may talk a little bit uh, before before it gets too long from baseball. I know Jay's about to head for vacation, but – Maybe a quick look around the Sun Belt at some point uh, soon. If not, we'll we'll wait till next year. But who's gone and who's uh, staying for for baseball around the country uh, or the Sun Belt? Because it, which may be a little bit harder than we think. Because a lot of these guys that say senior on their profile, they may have another year and they may be back. So we don't know who's back and who's grad transfer and who's all that good stuff. But we're gonna know the next time we talk. I agree. Uh, June 1st was the last time the, uh, the baseball tracker was updated for uh, uh, who was in the portal on D1 Baseball. Hopefully next time after that we'll know who's staying, who's going with the Cajuns, and not, if nothing else, what's the Sun Belt look like the future of baseball? I personally think it's bright. I know it was a down year uh, for everybody's sake in baseball, but I think we're going to do better next year. So any last words of wisdom before I, as you raise your – your glass to your mouth and try to take that I, I, um, I'm out of wisdom. I've, I've tried to have as much wisdom as I've could the last couple of months. I'm done with wisdom. I don't get paid for wisdom. We'll talk in the fall, and, and I'll have more wisdom for you. Lots going on uh, still over the summer. Uh, we'll have bourbon podcasts. We'll have uh, music podcasts. We'll have more going on. Oh, I want to come for the music podcast. Yes, we're talking. I mean, that's why we named it We're Talking. We're not talking sports. We're talking bourbon. We're talking music. Uh we could go on and on, but we're talking. So for Craig Melanson, Jay Walker, my broadcast partner, Josh Jagno, who's on vacation once again, who's supposedly going to be home tonight, but we'll see. Uh, thank you for listening. We're talking, and hopefully you'll hear from us again in the next week or so. Have a good night. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.